0: Worry uh, is one of those things that makes you kind of focus on yourself and has a hard time focusing on anybody else because you just obsess with yourself. It's hard to love somebody. It's hard to be compassionate. You hear needs about other people and it's, it, because all you can do is think about yourself because of worry. Or it's a kind of interesting thing because you can never really risk anything, any adventure just, you know, you're caught in the grips of worry. Or... Sometimes you feel God urging you to do something, urging you on to, to even be something or somebody that he wants you to be. But worry keeps you from it. In fact, worry starts to, to deteriorate your very faith in God, your trust in God. You kind of wonder sometimes if God knows what he's doing, if he even understands what's going on in your life. Before long, your faith starts to just kind of evaporate right before you. But I think one of the most dangerous things about worry is that it, it, it we never really can just enjoy now, never can really just enjoy today, because you, you're so worried about what's going to come up tomorrow, what's what's going to happen later tonight, what's going to happen this week, and and you can never just be in the presence. And sometimes you're you're just so worried about the future that you you can you know tomorrow I'm going to be better, but I you know and then day after day after day, after day you live like that, and year after year after year after year after year after year you live like that, and Paul just says. I gotta tell you. Don't live one more hour in the clutches of anxiety and worry. I read that and I go, Oh my goodness. Because you know, you read little books or you hear little things like don't don't sweat the small stuff, you know, don't worry about the small stuff. Ah, eh, so you put a few pounds on, ah, so you found a gray hair, ah. I mean that kind of stuff. But Paul says, Don't worry about what anything it's like okay paul what rock did you climb out from under i mean were you in a hole all your life and so don't worry about anything anything you got that one down yet anything just remind yourself about paul now it's not like he's up in an ivory tower somewhere where is he prison he doesn't know if he's going to live or die. He doesn't know if he's going to rot there. He's been through shipwreck, he's been through people trying to kill him. He's got people trashing his name. He's got people trying to tear down his, his reputation. He's got all this stuff going on. And he says, in spite of that, yeah, don't worry about anything. Just don't worry about it." I' going to answer three questions today as we, as we go through this. The first one is this: Who worries? Second is, where's worry come from? And the third, what's Paul's antidote for worry? So the first one is, who worries? This is really easy. I like to ask myself easy questions. Everyone worries. Everyone. Everyone. It's just that we have different styles of worry. I mean, some of us are, I mean, we are worriers, and you're sitting right going, like, Man, this is right for me. Or you're going, like about time, but you know, you get the elbow going because you really... I mean, worry is so evident in your life, it's, it's on the surface at all times. You worry, worry, worry. You worry about your worrying. You, you worry when you don't have anything to worry about because you think you missed something that you need to be worried. You, everyone knows that you're a worrier and you, you just admit it and you live it. Some of you are the opposite of that. That nothing seems to bother you it's not because you don't have things to worry about but you're in a thing called denial <laughs> you have you have pushed it so far down and so far deep that you just don't have to worry about anything so there's a there's a little famous guy in American literature that that made a little statement famous about this he said what me worry shows you how old you are remember who that was mad magazine Alfred E Newman you guys got to get <laughs> and, and never mind, stay away from Mad Magazine. <laughs> I don't even know if Mad Magazine comes out anymore. Here's whole thing, what, me, worry? Um, researchers have, have done a little correlation with worry that, that there's a, actually a parallel with intelligence and worry, that those people who tend to, to be more intelligent have a tendency to, to worry more than others. So if you do not worry, it may not be because you're such a spiritual giant you know, that's virtual maturity. It might be just you're a little more of a dim bulb than you wanna recognize, but that's a whole other story. We we'll won't worry about that too much. Too. But uh the other style uh, the other style of, of worrying is when when you just decide I'm am, I am going to to control everything, you're going to the self-reliance thing. You don't need people, don't need God. You're just going to control. It. You're going to manage every detail, and you're going to intimidate any person that might come in and just be, you know, the source of worry or anxiety. And even if you need to manipulate a few things, you're going to do whatever you need to do, and you keep it all. You're a control freak because as long as you got it in control and you're self-reliant, you don't have to worry about anything. You got it all there. I've I've done a lot of weddings as a pastor, and every wedding ceremony there's at least one control freak. It's called the mother of the bride. Um, Just wants to usually control. Not every mother of the bride, but it can often be the mother. I remember I went to a wedding. I was at a wedding, and and, uh, the the mother of the bride was out of control. She didn't like anything. She didn't like the colors that were chosen. She didn't like the candles. She didn't like the music, the wedding music. She didn't like the bridesmaid's dress. She didn't like me. She said, I will replace you unless you get a different pair of shoes. And that was my wedding. That was my mother in law. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what our style is. You can, you can try to control everything and manage everything and, and all that kind of thing. Here, here's what I' tell you if, if that's you. And you, some of you are here, and you've gone down a, a long road with that, is there'll come a day when as smart as you are and as strong as you are, it's just not enough, that, that you can't keep everything, all the balls juggling and all the plates spinning and everything. You just can't. And before long you recognize you are not God. You are not the one in control. And all those things that you've tried to micromanage and all those people that you've tried to keep in place and all that kind of thing, all of a sudden you find out your worries have not gone away. They've just kind of all of a sudden resurfaced and they resurface in a huge storm. And you realize that you, along with everybody else, fits in this category. Because of our brokenness, because of the, we live in this fallen world, we all deal with worry because we have problems. We have issues that we have to deal with. Who worries? We all worry. Um, where's worry come from? There's an illusion about worry. The illusion is this. I worry because I have this, these certain amount of problems, this little circle of problems. If I could just get rid of these problems, I'm good. Just, these are the problems, or or they are the problems, but you got this, you ever recognize that when those problems go away, that there's kind of other problems that just... Come right back and replace them again. You ever recognize that it's not really the problems that have caused the worry? It's, it's you. I, I've got good news for you. There will be a day when every one of your problems go away. You'll have no more problems. The bad news is that's the day you die. <laughs> It'll be interesting how everything just kind of smooths out on that day when you're gone. But you, you, uh, you like, just get rid of that. There was a, uh, a, uh, an author who wrote on, on worry. Edward Hallwell is his name. He has an interesting equation. He says worry comes from this equation, that when um, when there's a high sense of vulnerability and there's a, a diminished sense of power or strength, there's an acceleration of worry. So when when you're feeling really vulnerable, when your vulnerability is is increasing and increasing, you recognize, oh my goodness the ramifications of this problem, I'm so vulnerable and, and there's nothing I can do about it, or there's little I can do about it, or I'm so limited in what I can do about it, then your worry starts to increase. And the opposite is true. When you start to feel a stronger sense of power and strength and less vulnerable, then your worry decreases and diminishes. So take Paul. Here's Paul sitting in prison. Vulnerable. I mean, he doesn't know if he's going to live or die that day or if he's just going to rot. He's, he's, he's chained probably to a guard. And... You know where, what's his future, and what, nothing you can do about it. He has no strength. He has no weapons. He's he's just he's just there, and yet he writes this letter to the people outside and says, "Don't worry about anything." It's like Paul, do you see something that we don't see? And I would say, "Yeah," and Paul would say, "Yeah, I do." Let me just tell you about vulnerability. That I believe that the same way that I'm chained to a a guard, he would say, that even more so, I have a presence of the risen Jesus Christ. And I'm chained to Him. Between me and the guard is is Jesus. And He's with me every step of the way. He's with me every day. I'm in the constant love and care of God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm not not vulnerable to the things that, that matter in life. That no matter what my problems are, I'm not vulnerable because of Jesus in my life. He's he's a constant presence. In fact, he writes one time in the book of Romans, he starts listing the things that that would blow most of us out of the water. He says, you know, there's danger, um, poverty, uh, violence. What can separate me from, from the love of Christ? Even death, he says, even death. Can that separate me from... From God's love. And he answers it and says, by no means, nothing can separate me. Not one problem, even to the point of death, nothing can separate me. So to be in the hand of God and to be in the love and the care and the concern of, of the presence of Christ with me constantly, I'm not vulnerable to the things that you think would be, what would make me vulnerable is if somebody would separate me from the presence of Christ. That can't be. His love overcomes that. And then he writes a little bit further in this same letter, talking about strength and power. He says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. That in this mysterious way, that I can handle anything that comes my way because of the power of Jesus Christ in my life. So vulnerable? No. Strength? Yes. Because at the very core of the gospel, when Jesus lays out the Sermon on the Mount, he he brings this to our attention. He He basically says... Don't worry, and he asks us this question: How can you, by worrying, add anything to your life? Can you add like even an inch to your height by worrying? Can you can you add a minute to your day by worrying? Can you can your life become any more productive by worrying? And he says, you know, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Don't look at the birds, look at the flowers. Doesn't God take care of them? And they don't do anything. They just they're there. God's provision is so great that don't worry don't worry so there's a, there's there's this sense of you are in my care and when you accept Christ in your life that your vulnerability goes down and your strength and your power goes up through his provision so where does worry come from it 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 comes from this illusion of of I'm vulnerable and I and I don't have the strength and power to do to do anything but Here's what I know from me just telling you this. You know, Paul says don't worry about anything. Jesus says don't worry. Um, I profoundly believe that statement. Don't worry about anything. And yet what I know about you and what I know about me is we'll get up out of here and we'll go our way and the day won't be over and some of us will be worrying all, all as much as we worried before we came in here. It, that's just kind of the way it is, isn't it? And it's it's not like this is new truth to you. It's not like going, oh, why didn't I think of that? Don't worry. Oh, here, write that down. Don't. How do you spell that? Don't worry. Okay, I got that. I'm not going to worry anymore. In fact, what it usually does is just the opposite. It, you know, you, you feel like, oh, no. I, I, either I, shame because i got to quit worrying or i got to quit worrying. Or you're going to be judgmental on the person that you live with because they're such a worrier or, you know, or the other person. Or you're, or you're just gonna, you're gonna try to do, you know, if I can, if I can breathe right and relax and, you know, bathe myself in the essential oils of not worrying, whatever that fragrance would be, I don't know, you know, some jojoba cactus or I know, and then I, you know, whatever, or, or you know, if I just try harder, try harder, try harder, try, harder. it, it's not that easy, is it? Don't worry about anything. Here's, here's the key, I think, in Paul's life. His antidote for the whole thing, his alternative, is this connection from worry to prayer. So that you can't do anything about your worries, you can't do anything about your problems. They're gonna come, they're gonna go, there's gonna be ones that replace them. There's there's always enough worries for each day, Jesus said. You're gonna have plenty of those. The key is to be able to connect your worries to the throne of God, to be able to connect your worries to prayer, to be able to to be able to have your worries, uh trigger prayer in your life rather than the anxiety that debilitates you and tears into you. So so he just says this, by, by prayer, by petition or supplication, by thanksgiving, lay your request before the Lord in prayer. Re- lay your request before God in prayer. And you, you read that and you go, okay, I'm worrying, what do I do? I lay my request, I bring my request before God and you kind of get like is there is there a secret code there or something? I mean, is that like some? Am I missing something? Because that sounds kind of easy, doesn't it? There must be some. It's that's what it is. You just lay your request before Him in prayer. Um. In in uh, in First Peter it says, "Cast your cares upon Him." I don't know if you are any are fishermen or women. You know, where you cast the thing. I'm. I, I'm not a real good caster, but I, I like to think of them with my worries, at least. I, I cast them. In fact, <laughs> some of us get to cast those things. Out you. But you at least you flick it. Here's the thing, though. You don't reel it back in. You, you cast it on him. You give it to him. You you, you give your, your anxieties to, to him. And something interesting starts to happen. The peace of God starts to come. Here's what I found in my own life. Um, much more than I'd like to admit. Much more maybe than than you would think. Um, something So easy as prayer and being able to lay it out before him. Um, I, I, I have this cloud that starts to kind of just hang over my prayer picnic <laughs> of worry. And, uh, and, and I start to think, you know, he can help other people, but he can't help me. Or he, he can't, this is like beyond heaven's reach right here. I mean, if Vegas was putting odds on this stuff, it would be. My prayers, my needs, my words, there's no hope. I mean, I'm going to throw a prayer up there because it says that, and you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. But And, and I find that, that that whole petition and thanksgiving and, and that kind of thing informs me to do something that I just call basically um, priming the faith pump. I need to prime my faith pump in order for me to be able to lay this out before the Lord and to leave it with Him. I've got to go, and, and I've got to just kind of keep pumping myself up, be re, being reminded of of his supernatural activity in my life and in the life of others, and and so I I have to sometimes, in order to let go of worry because worry just kind of stalks on me, is I, I have to just go and I have to be reminded of the things God did in my life. You know, I go back and I start when when I got saved, and for me when I was a little child when I had a relationship with the Lord. And um, in my mind, I can remember, it had to be around Easter because I had new shoes. And I was walking with my dad, and I felt like, this is, the, you know, I just given my heart over the Lord. And, and I just felt like, this is so cool. I, you know, I've got new shoes. and I, I i was proud of them, and I just felt so good. You know, and, and I just thought, this is easy. If I feel like this for the rest of my life, you know, and it, I, I, for some reason... Put new shoes in my relationship with Jesus together, but I go back to thinking, you know, even as a kid, how much guilt I felt for for just not measuring up to what I thought God wanted of me, and to have that just brand new, or or the day I got baptized and to come up out of the water and to feel fresh and new and real, and 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 walking with Him, or the, the day that that He called me into ministry, and and you know, I was a college student, and I just couldn't even believe that he'd ever want to use me. And I remember just saying to the Lord, I have absolutely nothing to offer you, but I will give it all to you if you can use it. And, and when he took that up and he started, and then you know, just the, the times he's rescued me and the times that he's provided for me and the times that he gives strength in, in, you know, in, in times of trouble and times that he gave me freedom from temptation that could just blow me out of the water and mess my life up so much. Times when he opened a door that I never thought would open. Times he took me down a path that, that I never thought would be there. Times when, when there seemed to be absolutely no way, and he provided a way. And I go back, and the good thing for me is I'm old, you know, so now I've got decades of these things. In the 70s, I remember what supernatural activity of God. got. In the 80s, and the 90s, you know, going on through all this... And and I just go back and I'm reminded. And I've got a family that has a family of faith, a legacy of faith. And if I can't think of anything more that God did for me, I start thinking about things He's done for others in my family and how God came through for my sister or my my brother. How my brother was you know like like deep into drugs and messed up to the complete. And later on in life, when we'd given up on him, we thought there was no hope for him. And you know like. Late 50s, early 60s, I don't know how old he was. Somewhere around in there. He gave his heart to the Lord at, at the time of his life when we just thought there's no hope. And I, I got these markers in my life and, and I'm reminded, God, you were so active. You you did something. You handled things that I never thought you could handle. Do it again. Can you do it again? I'm so thankful for the way you've been faithful in the past. I've got church stories. I mean, I was in a church plant for 13 years, Lori and I, and, and and you guys know as you go through that, there are times that if the Lord doesn't do something, you're not going to exist anymore. And I've got times that I can be reminded God came through and broke through. There are times in the history of this church when, when I can see that just in the young life, just just to be here, this this, this property and this building is a miracle of God. Just to still be in existence after what you've gone through all these months without a pastor. And to have a great pastor on the way coming. I mean, you could just, God's been active in your life. And that he's not done with this group of people yet. He's not done with this place. He's not done with you. And, and, you, and you look and you're so faithful, God. Can you? Uh, I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about, but I, you, you've been so alive in our midst. You're going to be alive in the, in the future as well. And if you can't think of anything he's done for yourself, and you can't think of anything he's done for some of your friends or family, you can't think of anything he's done for the church, you can always go to this old standby called the Bible. And there's some good petitions, lists of God's activity. I mean, that's what the Old Testament people would do. The Old Testament leaders would say, they're facing a crisis, and they call everybody together and say, okay, the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, that's our God. And people would go, whoa, I remember what God did in Abraham's life. And I remember what God did in Joseph's life. And I remember what God did in Jacob. He he can handle this crisis that we're so worried about. And they'd call everybody together. And hundreds of years after it happened, you remember what it was like when God led our, our forefathers out of Egypt? And out of the house of bondage of Pharaoh. You remember when we went in the wilderness and he fed us manna and quail from heaven. You remember when water came from a rock. You remember when the Red Sea just parted and we went through in the Egyptian. You, you remember how faithful God was. You remember how thankful they were. You remember that he could do it again. We can get through this because of what he can do. Uh, just the reason I've been reading through the book of Acts, you don't have to stay in the Old Testament, and just, just the aliveness of God's Spirit in the New Testament, how, how God shook this house, maybe, you know, the size of this place with like 120 people in here. And, and, and all of a sudden this wind just starts rocking the place, violent wind, and this ball of fire falls down from heaven. And on everybody's little head, there's this, there's a little circle of fire. And all of a sudden God's spirit starts to work in their lives and, and God starts to speak to them and encouraging them. And, And they start to go out, and they start to speak in in a language that they've never even studied. They don't even understand what they're saying, but everybody hears it and understands in their own language, and 3,000 people come to the Lord. And immediately that church comes from 120 to 3,000 people in that city. And the Bible says that they just, every day they wake up with awe, wondering what God's going to do again. What's he going to do next in our midst? And then Peter raises this person from the dead, and a lame person walks again, and a blind person sees again, and and They're in prison and the doors fly wide open. and You just go chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter of God's spiritual, supernatural activity in their midst. And you go, good night. Wow. Can you do something in my life? You who've been able to do that, can you take care of the things that I'm worried about? Can I give them over to you? And I, I lay my request before you, priming my faith pump. If you did it once, you can do it again. I believe in it. And I lay it out before you. And here's what happens. Here's the promise. The peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, which is beyond our own understanding, the peace of God, will rule and reign, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. Because if we can just kind of talk real again, here, here's what happens for me. I, uh, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. I pray, I lay it out before the Lord. I remind myself, I pump my faith up. And I and I have faith for the future to lay out, expectation. And and then I, I quit praying, I get up off my knees. And and frankly, there, there are days I don't know, um, When any of my circumstances will change. Or if they even will change. But the promise is not that the problems are necessarily fixed. Or that they'll never worry again. The promise is this. That there's the peace of God. Which I can't even explain, Paul says. It's beyond understanding. It's just, trust me on this, he says. The peace of God. Will saturate you so much so that it guards your heart. It takes up, it takes up residence in your mind, in your heart, in Christ Jesus. And that worry that was so debilitating diminishes the peace of God. And you, your circumstances may stay the same, or they may be different. Your your problems may come, or the problems may go. But you have a peace that's different that makes you different and that takes up so so when I pray I ask myself you know when when do you stop when can I stop praying and you would you maybe think well you know you're a pastor don so like you have special connections right so you only have to pray once lay it out before <laughs> and then poof you know the fairy dust of peace comes upon you and you're on your way I, I wish it was that easy. How do I know when to stop praying? How do I know when to when to quit? I I lay off the prayer for my worries, I, the anxiety of all. I, I lay off those prayers when uh, when the peace of God starts to take rule and reign in my heart. And and sometimes that's sooner than others. Sometimes that stays longer than others. Sometimes it it goes away, but because like there are days I wake up in the morning and I am so heavy with an anxious thought or worry or, or the circumstances that I'm facing and and before I even get out of bed I it's like I just I, I got to cast this on you I raise my hands up cast it or cast it or cast it or flick it or whatever you know I'm doing <laughs> take this thing take this thing and I'm going in my faith pump god I need your help let me go back to the book of Acts I'm trying to trigger I'm connecting and all this kind of stuff and and I'm all whew. Oh, All right, I feel good. You know, I'm ready to go on with the day, and I get about to the shower, and then boom, here it is again. You know, and you're all over again. I'm okay to get to the office, and then somebody says something, or a thought comes in and triggers. And I just there are some days, you know, you just pray a little bit, and and it's good. There are other days it's like you constantly connect. But what I what I found is I'm a real good worrier, not so good prayer. Paul says, you know how to worry. Let that worry just translate into prayer. So that instead of focusing on the worry and the, the cloud of worry, there's a bright sunlight of, of God in your life. And you're, and you're starting instead so that the the enemy, if it's a part of his tools to, to wipe you out and mess you up and trip you up, he knows every time you are anxious, every time you've got worries going on, it's taking you to a closer relationship with God. You're digging into His Word. You're checking out what He's done. You're you're thankful and grateful in your heart for what's going on. You're listing your blessings and your your things that that He's been accomplishing. And and all of a sudden, what He chooses to trip you up with, God uses to draw you closer to Him. And as you draw closer to Him, His peace comes to you, and you live in that peace. And and there are days when when nothing else has changed except for the peace that rules my heart and guards my mind. And that makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. And so Paul says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Here's what I'd like us to do as we close the message part. and We're going to worship and take communion and that kind of thing for a moment but i asked you about a problem in your life a worry in your life and uh and we all have them i'd like you to focus on that for just a minute What what is it that that causes the anxiety in your life and causes the angst and the and the, the the knot in your stomach affects your relationships affects being in the moment in fact you're having a hard time even focusing on, on our worship today because on the other side of, of what this service is all about is this is this problem out there. You can't can't live now. What, what is that? I'd like you to to get a grasp on that and I want us to I want us to cast it into the care of the Lord today. As vulnerable as you think. Nothing can take you from the hand and the provision of God. So we we've done this exercise before. I I love it. It helps me in my own prayer life. I wonder if you just if you feel comfortable, close your eyes or or just kind of bow a little bit. But take your hands and look at your hands. Make make fists out of your hands in front of you like like that. And in your fists, in your grasp, is the is the anxiety. It's the it's the problem, it's the circumstances that stalks you. And and what you're going to do in a moment is you're just going to open up your hands and you're going to release it. You're going to cast that before the Lord, and you're going to leave it before the Lord. And so uh, you're just going to give it to Him. You're going to present your request before Him. So on three, just open up your palms and let your hands out and let let loose of that worry and that concern. One two, three, let go. God, we give this to you. We cast this upon you. I pray that you would you would take the burden that so many of us carry, so many of the circumstances, so many of the worries. I pray that you would provide for men and women today. I pray that you provide health. I pray that you provide Work, jobs, finances, help sell houses. I pray that you would, that you would, uh, that you would rescue some of us, some of that that may be in bondage or in deep pain, and you'd pull us out of that. I pray that you'd make a way for some here that feel like they're at a, a dead end. Oh, they're so tired of the detour I pray that, that, that Lord Jesus you would give wisdom and discernment that you would show your will and show your way that we could cast all our cares on you knowing you care for us and then with your, your palms still wide open I, I just encourage you just to open them up have your palms face heaven and receive the gift of peace that passes all understanding. You've laid it before the Lord and now you take this promise that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. You are not vulnerable because nobody or no thing can separate you from the provision the love of God through Christ Jesus. And that you can do all things through Christ Jesus. And you can whatever you face, through his strength, and his power.